Welcome, those of you that like sports. This is What's Up Doc, episode two, season two. Uh, yeah, look, playoff predictions don't go well when good teams lose to bad teams. So, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. I hope all of our brackets burn. Mine and, mine and Robbie's did. Picho, how are you feeling? I got one right out of four. Well, yours is burning hey, too, then. So there cruising. are two of us here that are two or and three, out of six. and one of us that is one and four. Yeah, and he yes. has his <laughs> champion like still of... in it, Robbie. Our That's champion's not... lost. Listen, listen. My whole Super Bowl lost. I As did mine. Nobody expected Jordan Love to go out there and poop all over the Dallas Cowboys at home when they were 8-0 the entire season. Oh, oh. boy. <laughs> yeah you get two picks so you can never be wrong you can just claim claim the other one no but robbie you still have you still have baltimore who can make the super bowl which yeah. you said i don't think i'm completely out of it i have oh there it goes <laughs> we lost him <laughs> we had five solid minutes of of recording for anyone listening to this i started the recording late picho was rolling and now he's gone and this is where we're at this is where we're at. So hopefully he joins back. But uh, what were you going to say, Robbie? Uh, I don't remember. Maybe. Oh, I yeah. I still have competing teams on both sides of the brackets. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, my Super Bowl winning Cowboys are out. Um, that was a sham of a performance at home. I don't know how you go 8-0 all year at home and then... Because they played a bunch of tomato cans, okay? If you listen to first things first, they were a tomato can all year. We just didn't know it. I did not know it. And I counted too much on a Cowboys team that has history saying, don't take them. Yeah, that's that's fair. I counted on a Miami team that now has the longest playoff drought, playoff win drought of any team in the NFL, which is... Do they really? Because the Lions? Yeah, because the Lions won. It's nonsense. Uh, and yeah, my whole AFC, my whole AFC blew up. My whole NFC basically blew up. It's basically bad is what I'm trying to say. So, you know, maybe my picks today will be better than my picks before, but let's be honest. I'm probably not going to get any of these picks, right? And that's what happens. That's what happens. Picho, you're back. (laughs) So it looks like my video is frozen for the most part. I don't know. I had something (laughs) weird happen. It looks like my browser is having an issue. We'll see. You seem fine now. Yeah, you're here. You're with us. Uh, and he's frozen again. Anyways, I <laughs> yeah, no, he's the not. Rams. The Rams lost um, a one point game, but I will say that I'm so glad that it lived up to the hype that I expected would, there to be. Yeah, that was. Let's speak about that. All right, all right. Well, this is the intro. I guess we should probably cut from the intro and start talking about these games. So with probably. that, let's get into it and get into discussing these games. All right, well, we're here uh, as we were about to get into at the start that we're going to do now. We're going to get into these games this weekend because they were real interesting. Um, And by real interesting, I mean one of them was real interesting and the rest were shams of games. And I feel like we were robbed. Uh, First game, Houston-Cleveland. Houston wins 45-14. to Who wants to start here? Because I'm the only one to take Houston. So I want one of you two doubters in cj stroud to tell me what you what you were feeling as you were watching that game Uh, i know that the only reason i picked cleveland was because of joe flacco and the fact that he is every (laughs) 
American male spirit animal in that he went from a couch <laughs> to an NFL field and won a couple games in a row. And I could not be more upset for America's greatest spirit animal in Joe Flacco. Uh, but CJ Stroud is a very good quarterback and the Texans are a very good football team. And I, I mean, I, I do this to myself constantly by going and looking at who is still left on the draft board when the Jags make their pick. And most of the Texans <laughs> roster looks like they were available. So like tank Dell, uh, Nico Collins, I think is another receiver's name. I think, Uh, If not both of them this year, then in the past, they've both been available and the Jacks just pass right over them. So very good football team. (laughs) Yeah, I I think Joe Flacco had as good of a season as anybody could coming off the couch. And I don't know if any of us expected them to make it this far with their merry-go-round of quarterback issues this year. Nick Chubb going out early in the season. I mean, I think Joe Flacco should be super, super happy with everything that happened, even though they lost. Um, So I have a question for you guys about him because Cleveland has made it pretty clear that Deshaun Watson is their guy going forward. Yes. Do you think if Joe Flacco wants to play next year that he gets an offer to go somewhere else? I think he could be a backup. Yeah, I think he could start in Dallas right now. No. (laughs) Get out of here. He's not. He has no. as many playoff That's, wins as Dak Prescott this year. You can't tell yes, me they're not I the agree, same guy. But it's, it's ludicrous to compare Joe Flacco on the couch to to Dak, who just lost in a playoff game, but is in the prime of his career. Look, I think Joe Flacco is good enough to be a backup. I think next year will probably be something similar where a guy, a team or two will have some quarterback injuries. Uh, and they'll call him up and say, hey, you want to come play for us, and we'll pay you all these incentives if you win games. And it's not a bad gig. So, you know, good for Joe Flacco. Uh, you know, I did, like I said, the the backup quarterback thing seems to work for like three to five weeks, depending on the team. Uh, the Cleveland Browns were a pretty good team, so it worked for longer than it did for other teams, but then it kind of fizzles out, and that's what we saw here in Houston. On the flip side, C.J. Stroud, you know, uh, Kid's good, and oh boy, this AFC South that looked uh, miserable and looked like it was Trevor Lawrence's for the taking all of a sudden has a lot of bright young talent. All right, we get it. We get it. (laughs) And I would be nervous, is all I'm saying. I am. Uh, Not only did we not make the playoffs this year, but uh, CJ Stroud looks like he could very well take best quarterback in the AFC South away from Trevor Lawrence just on this playoff run alone. Yeah. Absolutely. So. And you still haven't seen much of Anthony Richardson. It still haven't seen much of Will same? Levis either. And apparently that guy is like forecasted to make a huge jump this offseason. Yeah, I mean, he didn't. Yeah, I'd be interested to see who their coach is. I think that'll play a lot into Will Levis. But yeah, it's a it's a very interesting, very young quarterback division. Uh, we'll see how that goes uh, for Houston. They get Baltimore next. So we'll see. We're going to talk predictions next. Um, but we're going to go over the games. Now, you know, there was a game that was exclusively streamed on Peacock. Not a lot of our listeners could probably even watch it. So I think we should just skip it. Go, <laughs> go to the game that was on Sunday. Uh, You're funny. Green. Let's talk about them Dolphins. Okay. All right. Let's talk about them Dolphins. Dolphins lost 7-26 to to Kansas City. I picked the Dolphins to win the Super Bowl. You guys didn't. You guys tried to warn me. I'll just <laughs> pick the Dolphins. 
what more? No, I, I mean, hey, I'm right there with you. I picked the Dolphins to win at least that game. But I think if I could have a conversation with uh, myself from two weeks ago, one week ago, I'd say, hey, don't take the warm <laughs> weather team in negative 20 degree weather. It kind of seems like a no brainer, yeah. but I miss that. Yeah, I mean, I don't the weather played a factor. Here's what I think happened. All right. This Dolphins offense at the beginning of the year was like the most explosive thing we've seen in a long time. And I don't want to blame injury, but I'm going to blame injury in the sense of the it was a taped together offensive line that started playing the last five or six weeks. If you look at teams with the most offensive line changes in the league that mean or most sets of different starting offensive lines. Uh, I think the dolphins were up there at like 20 to 30 different offensive lines throughout the season. And they'll, and all the teams that are in that class are all losing teams besides Miami. So there's plenty of talent around this team. Uh, if the offensive line can stay healthy, it'd be very different. You know, we had to go from having three to five step dropbacks to basically playing one step, drop back, dump it off, and pray that you can get something going or run the ball well. And if the run game's not there, you're really in trouble. And that's what happened in Kansas City. We, you know, Kansas City went down, scored. Miami went and decided we're going to try to run the ball because we need to establish the run and couldn't get it. And then it was just downhill from there. So I'll be interested to see. Go on. This Chiefs team has not been anything to get super excited about. And I don't even think they played all that well in this game. You saw a lot of drop balls that were easy catches by their wide receiving core. Um, Travis Kelsey has done more of the same Travis Kelsey stuff this year. And I don't mean he's been a superstar. I mean, he has completely fallen off the tracks and is somewhat of a uh, three receptions for nine targets kind of guy right now. Yeah. Um, And so I think this game could have been more of a blowout than it was. You know, I think the the Chiefs missed probably three or four touchdowns in the red zone, and they and Miami's credit to Miami's defense, um, they did a pretty good job for uh, most of them being backups right now. They did a good job of stopping this offense and forcing them to field goals. But the one thing that I was going to say about the Dolphins, um, it like to think about how they needed just one more win. And this could have been a game held in Miami because they wouldn't have had to have that outcome over the bills. Um, I think it, it makes that game in week, whatever it was, 13, 12, maybe against the Titans where they lost by one point sting even a little bit more. Yeah. That, that game I think will haunt the dolphins to come. Cause I think if we're playing a game at home, even if we were playing Buffalo again, uh, we wouldn't have had to play our starters in that week 18 game. It, it makes a, a world of a difference that we gave up 15 points to Will Levis and the Tennessee Titans in three minutes. It was it was ridiculous that that even happened. Um, but like I said, I think I almost wonder how like beneficial this loss is in the long term. And this is a hopeful Dolphins fan speaking. So uh, hear me out. Tua had a great year, obviously had uh, was in the MVP conversation multiple times led the league in passing clearly is not a guy that you should move on from the people that are saying that Tua is can't be a guy I think it was ridiculous because you don't lead the league in passing by a fluke um and so I think the best thing that could have happened though was something like this where Tua is gonna get an extension but 
he almost can't really justify getting the $40 million a year and instead is going to get a lower contract, which allows the Dolphins to continue to put pieces around him. Uh, and so we are already over the cap stuff as a change. The other bright spot as a Dolphins fan was the defense, a defense that was taped together with a bunch of backups held Kansas city from what should have been at halftime, like a 28 to seven plus game. Like they should have been up three, four scores. And instead they were kicking field goals. Like I am very hopeful to see what year two of Vic Bangio as our defensive coordinator means in Miami when we actually have all the starters. So, you know, sucks to lose. Uh, it was a fun year. It's probably the best year I've had as a Dolphins fan. Uh, and I'm just excited for the future. So there's that. Yeah, I think they yeah. look good going into next year. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see for sure what, what happens. But um, on the Chiefs side of things, I just want to say really quick. I still think after watching that game and watching the Bills game, I, I'm pretty glad that I took the Bills going into this next week game because I said that when push comes to shove, I've seen Josh Allen get himself out of situations all year long, and that's kind of who he is. Um, He's not always successful with that, but I think Pat Mahomes is either one of two things. One, he's either running out of the juice himself to make these crazy plays, or two, he's losing a lot of the weaponry around him that helps him do that um so i i think you know to get into the bills game just for a second the fact that josh allen now ha- holds the the second longest rushing touchdown uh for a quarterback or maybe that's all together in postseason history like i'm surprised but i'm not because he's the kind of guy that would be able to pull that off and those are the situations yeah, he puts himself it was in a them. Bush League play. I, yeah, it was. It was, it was for Bush sure. Bush League. <laughs> but that was maybe like fifteen or twenty yards already into the run. That was what. That was the kind of thing that got Kenny Pickett drafted. Was that fake slide nonsense? <laughs> yeah, and we'll, um, I, I, I've had an issue with immunity on a quarterback slide for a while now. Yeah, we both were talking about this in the group chat. Go on, Peach. Yeah, I, I really do think that like as a quarterback, putting yourself out there on a run like that, it, you're liable to get blown up. I think that's how the rule should be. But if we are going to let them slide and have this immunity deal in place. Yeah, and, and and to the point, so we're getting a little bit ahead of schedule, but I'm down to talk about it. So Buffalo, uh, Buffalo, Kansas City played each other, um, are going to play each other this week. Buffalo beat Pittsburgh 31-17. Uh, Josh Allen scores a 52 yard run on a play where he kind of fakes a slide and he goes and runs. And then later in the game, he goes and slides and he gets hit late and Bill's fans are up in roar over it at Nick Trippy, who texted me. You can't do that. Uh, look, if your quarterback's going to fake a slide once he can't, ex- you can't expect him to not get blown up the next time he actually slides because you can't like, I, I just, I kind of agree with peach. Like, the fake slide or the slide in general for quarterbacks is kind of stupid. If you're running with the ball, you need to just, you need to accept the fact that you're a runner now and you can get blown up. Like if yeah. you're a quarterback and you're running with the ball, you need to either get out of bounds or you need to, like Peach said, you need to slide or get down well before anyone's near you. And if you don't and you get lit up by a defensive back, so be it. Because this whole quarterback protection nonsense is kind of annoying. Um, and so 
I just think like kind of what Peach is saying, like if the quarterback's going to run and put his body on the line, then he's putting his body on the line and there's no immunity on this slide nonsense. And you pick up an extra 15 yards. That's probably the cheapest play in, in NFL. And right now, and like I said, that, that Josh Allen fake slide, uh, you almost saw it with Pat Mahomes too in the Dolphins game. There's a, there's a couple plays and make granted, it might just be the Dolphins backups didn't want to tackle him, which is fine too. I mean, not fine, but terrible, but there was a play where it looked like Pat Mahomes, the player thought he was going to slide. And so he kind of like shoves him because he's, he thinks he might slide, but then he doesn't. So the, the whole quarterback thing, I feel like that is something that they need to talk about and get figured out because it's, it's a problem. And the only fix feels like you need to tell quarterbacks, if you run with the ball, you are liable to get hit. And there's no protection on it unless you start sliding well before anyone's near you. So I agree yeah. with Peach on that. You could even make that a judgment call where like the refs aren't even counting yards before. Like if it, your slide is late, flag goes out on the quarterback, we're taking yards away from the end of your run type of thing. Yeah. But I, I understand the league wanting to protect its best asset in quarterbacks because that's what sells. But there are 21 other people out there on the field too who deserve some type of protection from getting bowled over by Josh Allen. Yeah. Yeah, and that well, that, like I said, that's the problem. Josh Allen puts his body on the line. Now let me get let me just say something to Robbie. You started this by saying like you feel good taking Buffalo. How do you feel good taking Buffalo when they were in a one score game late into the like into the fourth quarter with Pittsburgh, of all the teams in in the playoffs? Like we're talking yeah, about I, a team that that people looked at and were like, if I wanted to play any team in the playoffs, you give me a pick of all fourteen. Pittsburgh's my number one pick. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, well, I actually might take the Eagles because they well, are atrocious right. right now. We'll talk about but, them too. But. Yes. <laughs> to um, be fair, Robbie picked Dallas as a Super Bowl champion. So yeah. <laughs> anything he has, grain of salt. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so here's my thing. If if you're Patrick Mahomes, yeah. my question to you is, who are you confident in throwing the ball to? I mean... Rashid Rice. Who else? I mean, Travis Kelsey. I mean, Travis Kelsey. Travis okay. Kelsey when it's not negative 22. <laughs> <laughs> Who else? Whoever else they have. Like, it, it, he clearly, they put up 26 It's points. not Justin Ross or whatever his name is. He's Justin got Ross. feet for hands. So does Marquez Valdez-Scantley. And... Kadarius Tony. But we all know these names because they're bad. We all know these names because they haven't made catches this year. I shouldn't know the entire depth chart of the Kansas City Chiefs. It's true. I do because I'm just, I don't know why. (laughs) Um, But that's (laughs) (laughs) that's cool. (laughs) Um, Okay. So if I ask that same question about Josh Allen, who are you confident in throwing? I've got at least four or five guys that I'll put the ball in their hands any time of the game. Dawson Knox, Dalton Kincaid, Stefan Diggs, Khalil Shakir, James Cook. But they still with with, here. You asked me why I would feel confident in them over the Chiefs. It's because Josh Allen has more options. I'm not always saying that he's going to always make the right throw, make the right play call, or that any of those guys wouldn't just make it a poop shoot and they'd fumble the ball or whatever it is. But what I'm saying is, is that Josh Allen has more options. And if he's smart, he calms down. He controls the game flow. He has numerous people he can get the ball to. 
Yeah, look, I just mean, I'm just looking at it, like, Pittsburgh turned the ball over twice, and they want, like, it was a game in the fourth quarter. I texted Nick Trippy after uh, the touchdown with 10 minutes left in the game to make it a seven-point game. Uh, how you feeling? Or are you nervous or something? And he said he peed a little because he was a little nervous. Like, the nerves in Buffalo against Pittsburgh was starting to creep yeah, up and, on you. And, and this so is I why just think, I don't have them winning the Super Bowl. I just I have mean, them beating yeah, you the had Chiefs. Dallas. Yeah, you- Shut <laughs> up! Gosh! No, you walked into that. You brought it up. I didn't. I did. But, it, you know, it's like I have them beating the, the 8 and 10 Chiefs or whatever they were this season. It, it's <laughs> not like... I've got them <laughs> going up the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> All right, that's fair. I just, I just, I, I just think I think it's going to be a good game. We'll, yeah, again, for we'll sure. Make, it's, we'll make predictions. It's always a good but, game yeah. when Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes face off with each other. Yeah. So, but I will say, of all the Chiefs and Bills rosters that we've had in past years, this is the most depleted and worst that they have performed in a given season. And we yeah. finally I mean, get them meeting up in Buffalo prior to the AFC championship game. Yeah. Offensively. I agree. Kansas city's defense is not something. That oh, they're play. monsters. So like, and again, that's they, the dolphins only scored seven points. Didn't look great the last month of the season, but you know, a dynamic offense went to Kansas city and was stifled by this defense. So, you know, even Baltimore who we played, we could run on, but we could not do it in Kansas city. The, this defense is something, something special. Um, we'll see if they can they can do it. We'll we'll make predictions later on still. Let's go over to the NFC game. So we're gonna start with them Cowboys and oh boy. Let's do it. Oh, I could just see Stephen A halfway through that game. Not even halfway, dude. like at the end of the, the second <laughs> quarter with the pick six. Uh for those of you that don't know, Green Bay won 48-32. The score is closer than what the game was. Uh Green Bay was up 27-0 at one point. They were up 31-10, I think. The game was basically over the entire time. Dallas scored a couple late touchdowns, a couple late two-point conversions to make it possibly interesting. But the game was basically over after the first uh, 20 minutes of the game. Uh, Robbie, you basically went through every emotion that Dallas fans go through every single year uh, in one game. It was amazing to see. How are you feeling about that? Man, that's wild. Like, to have to live through that every year because they are a good team, but they're not good enough. Man, and it's like how heartbreaking to see arguably one of the best quarterback wide receiver duos turn it on late in the season and have such high expectations, especially looking back at their track record all year long. They're eight and oh at home, the best record of any team in the NFL at home, and they get freaking dumped on by the seventh seed Packers led by Jordan love. And we're all of a sudden looking at this Packers team thinking, are they about to play the 49ers in the NFC championship? I don't know because this team looked like they put it all together for once all season long. Aaron Jones, three touchdowns. The dude was on the sidelines the entire year. It's true. And so like, thank goodness I'm not a Cowboys fan to begin with because <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd be rolling on the floor right now. Um, but I, so, yeah, it was obviously a heartbreaker in the sense that I had them winning the whole dang thing. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know what else to say about Dak Prescott. Um, 
I, I could easily see Mike McCarthy leaving uh, or, you know, being let go, fired, whatever it is. Um, and I think this Cowboys team has a lot to think about going in the offseason. Um, I, I think they have to do some salary cap readjustings <coughs> if they want to keep all their weapons going into next year. I don't remember what that article I read said, but it's not looking good in Dallas. Yeah, yeah. things things cannot stay the same. We've seen this story before and happened again. You got Micah Parsons on defense, Gilmore on defense. Yeah, Dak, how do you lose with a Pollard, defense like that? I know, two of the best young tight ends that we've seen in a while. Uh, yes, did Dak stink it up? Did Dak play well? No, he didn't. Like Dak had himself a game, and it was not a good one. But I think the bigger story here is how poorly the defense played. Yeah, The defense... Uh, Dak Prescott didn't give up 42 points, however many the Packers had. Like, the defense gave that up. In the NFL, uh, I think the stat is somewhere around 26 or 25, 26 points, something like that. If you hold your opponent to 25, 26 points in a given game, your chances of winning that game go up astronomically. The Packers doubled that in a playoff game on Dallas's home turf. And most of it came in the first half. Yeah, uh, Dak threw a pick six, didn't chase after the guy running towards the end zone. We've seen the Dallas defense play man coverage most of this year, suddenly switch to zone and not handle it well. The Packers, uh, I know a receiver named Lazard. I know a receiver named Watson. Don't know either of their first names. I think one of them was actually hurt going into this game. Yeah, this whole this whole Packers team has been in shambles since game one. Aaron Jones left the field after scoring a touchdown with a hamstring injury, and you didn't see him but for maybe three or four more games the rest of the year. Christian Watson, another dude who was riddled with injuries. All of a sudden, Jaden Reed, who's nobody's ever heard of before this season, becomes their number one wide receiver with Romeo Dobbs. And it's like, this is the youngest team in the whole NFL, and they just put the Cowboys to shame on their home field. Yeah, Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator of Dallas, uh, previously was uh, obviously the head coach in Atlanta, but also on that staff was Green Bay head coach Matt LaFleur. So they know each other. Matt LaFleur knew exactly what Dan Quinn was going to do that game, and they didn't make adjustments. One half to the next, it was the same. The only thing that changed was the fact that the Packers' corners and DBs started playing a good seven, eight, nine yards off the line of scrimmage, and Dallas started getting more completions. But something changes. If you're Jerry Jones, you can't look at the product that you have on the field right now and say, no, I'm good to run it back with this group and go again. Because uh, we've seen it before. It didn't work out. We saw it just recently this weekend. didn't work out. Now, obviously, everything I just said, let it be known. I'm a known Dallas hater. So I I know how to tear up the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, But it's not good. Not looking good in Dallas. That's fair, but hear me out. So, like, Dallas, here's my thing. If, like, they've won 12 games the last three years, right? Like, they're one of a few teams to do that. So, are we sure it's the talent around this team that's the problem and that it's not, like, a coaching thing? Like, Totally could be a coaching do thing. Do we think, if scenario, you fire Mike McCarthy, Mike McCarthy and Jerry Jones says fine, I'll hire Bill Belichick. Like, you don't think Bill Belichick could figure out how to win with this team? I don't think that's a good matchup 
anyway, just because Bill and Jerry both want total control of the roster. Well, yeah. So let's. So again, hypothetically speaking, Here, Jerry Jones. Let's says, say Nick Sirianni. Let's say it's Nick Sirianni no, that no, gets no, no. let go by the Eagles and winds some offensive-minded well, coach winds up in Dallas. I just think. I just think if the problem's defense, and you go, you have Bill Belichick, who's one of the best defensive minds. Who. I I just I think that's. I understand it's it's not a fit unless Jerry Jones decides that he's willing to take a step a seat back like a step back and give control to Bill, which I don't know if he's willing to do. But I just think if Belichick went there with the talent they have on defense and Dak could play game manager, it gets interesting, I think. Yeah, I don't know th- for sure, but This is interesting because one of the things I was just about to ask you is do you think it's really an offensive problem? And now I'm looking at the season for the Cowboys and they put up 10 points against the 49ers, only 20 against the chargers, uh, 23 against the Eagles. I mean, they've got a pretty, they've got a several strong games though. Like they put up 40 against the giants in week one, 30 against the jets, uh, then 38 against the Pats. Um, some of those are like you're playing, some of those are like you're playing from behind, right? And so you're like, and there's there's arguments to this, but like if you go down seven nothing, ten nothing early in a game, you're more likely to make mistakes on offense and make it a blowout. If you if you feel like your defense doesn't have it, and I just feel like if Belichick is there, you're gonna feel more often than not that the defense has it. And yeah. I think the only difference between Dak and Brady is the sense that Dak is gonna be beat being paid way more than Brady ever got paid. So the weapons on offense kind of aren't there, but they kind of are already there. I just think, I think this is almost similar to what Belichick's used to having when he's won Super Bowls. And so I think this could be a roster where you bring them in. It's a short-term fix. Like you're not going to probably be able to keep everybody, but you keep some core guys, you get some younger guys, they buy into the system and maybe, you know, with depending on what happens in Philly, like, this division might be easier to win. It's just going to be interesting is all I'm trying to say. I, I don't think Mike McCarthy keeps his job. I think he's going to get fired, but that's just me. No, I think that too. Okay. Peach, do you agree? Uh, something's got to change, and it's yeah. not Jerry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it, I don't think it can be Dak either because of his contract situation. So I really do think Jimmy Johnson had more passion on the Fox <laughs> halftime show than Mike McCarthy showed on the sideline the entire game. Yes, he did. He definitely did. Um, all right, two more games. Philly, Tampa. Um, yeah, I mean, Philly did exactly what all three of us thought, um, and Tampa took advantage and won. Um, so good on them. Good for Baker. I don't have yeah, a ton I to say. Yeah. yeah, good for him. I don't really have a ton to add on to this game other than there's a culture problem in Philly, and they're either going to blow it all up this offseason or they're going to keep trying to convince us everything is fine when it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Now I think Jalen Hurts is hurt. Like, I think he's played hurt for a long time, but if you're out there, you got to be able to perform and he just hasn't been able to. So. Yeah. I heard something earlier though, on another show, it was a good take. Like when was the last time you saw an elite team enter the season as an elite team, right? They're defending NFC champs last year and they start the season off with a ridiculous record and at some point, I think they were like, what, 10 and 3, 11 and 3, something like that. And sure, there were some injuries, 
but there weren't any catastrophic injuries that left them without any of their really vital players for a long stretch. And we saw over like a seven week period. Yeah. They faced like the 49ers, um, the Cowboys, some hard teams, but then they got dumped on by the Cardinals and then the giants. And it's just like, they lost, they, they're out of steam. And now going into this off season, you have Jason Kelsey retiring. What a great hall of fame career he's put together. But I think this is Nick Sayonara, no longer Nick Sirianni. It's a bye-bye for Nicky because I, I, I think that this he has completely lost this team. Yeah. yeah, he lost the locker room. A.J. Brown, who was hurt, had a knee injury, wasn't even on the sideline. He was in Atlantic City. Yeah. It's just <laughs> and he deleted his Twitter or whatever you said. Yeah, he deleted everything Eagles related off of Instagram. Yeah. Well... He go. There you go. Diva, Diva wide receivers do that sometimes. But I, I think I think they get a new coach. I don't know if it's Bill Belichick or who it is. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Philly is known for having success and having one bad year and blowing things up. So I wouldn't be shocked if they fire their coach too. Um, all right, last one before we get into some predictions, quick predictions. Uh, Detroit Rams. Uh, this is probably the best game of the weekend. Detroit wins 24-23. Uh, Detroit gets the revenge on Matthew Stafford. Uh, yeah. How do you guys, what do you guys think of this one? I love Dan Campbell. Mm. I, I love Detroit, love everything that they have going for him. I don't know how well that translates into the next round. I will well, say out of all the games, this is the one I probably watched the least of. And my biggest takeaway is, man, NFL postseason officiating is also really bad. Yeah, there there was one play towards the end of the game that I think could have given the Rams the upper edge. Maybe I'm talking about the wrong game, but either way, um, I agree, Peach. This was by far, in a way, my favorite game of the wild card slate. The storyline of of both quarterbacks um, facing their former teams Matthew Stafford going back to Detroit and the fans let him know what they think. Tons of booze. Um, but I think both teams put together a really great performance. I feel like I saw the Lions running game hit a level that I haven't seen them get to in the regular season. Um, just both David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs looked so unstoppable. And I don't really know why. Sean McVay and the Rams abandoned the run game late in the red zone. Um, I think it, there was at least three opportunities that they just kept passing the ball to Cooper cup. And I'm not saying they were gr- the greatest passes, but Cooper cups not been putting up the performances like we've come to know. Um, but all the credit in the world to Puka Nakua setting the rookie receiving record for postseason, um, some crazy 180 yards, a touchdown, uh, dude's a beast and he's going to go into next year being a real threat. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this brings me to a point I've made a couple times now. I'd be very interested to see what happens with Cooper cup. I, if I'm the Rams, I'm trading him. You have your new receiver. You can move off Cooper cup and get, get some, get some equity in return. I don't know if they'll do it because Stafford and Cooper cup are best friends. I would do it if I were them and get somebody to buy high on Cooper cup, who I think 
with some injuries now may not be as good as he was a couple of years ago when he won the triple crown of receiving. Yeah. I know um, a team in Dallas that's always willing to overpay for receivers. <laughs> you know, you're not wrong. There you go. Sign up Bill Belichick and get Cooper Cup and see what happens. Um, all right. Well, well, with that, all right, let's get into the games now, okay? So here's – I'm going to start with the NFC because I think it's uh, – I, I really all the games I think are pretty interesting. Um, so the first one is San Francisco-Green Bay, uh, which I feel like everybody – it feels like the Dallas version. Like if you're Green Bay, you're playing with house money here, right? Uh, you're going into San Francisco, who's now had two weeks off, you know, because they didn't play in week 18. Uh, you, you're on a heater if you're Green Bay. I if I'm the if I'm the Niners, like man, I do not feel good about this game. What are your guys' opinions on this? I if I'm the Niners, I would have rather played Dallas just because of what they did to him earlier in the season and that mental block that's in Dallas's way to beat them is just so present. But yeah. obviously they wouldn't have played each other because they're the one and two seeds. So I, the fact that they are playing the Packers, I I love the Packers, love what they did in Dallas, but I still think I ultimately wind up going with the 49ers in this one just because uh, I mean Jordan Love was able to sit there and get throws off on a I don't know four or five man rush without too much heat on him I can't remember watching too many sacks generated by the line or a five man front but when the 49ers are rushing four, those four are all capable of getting to you just because of the names that those guys have on the line so I think I ultimately still take the Niners because of the defensive pressure they put on an inexperienced Jordan Love. Yeah, that's a good take. I, I too would take the 49ers still in this spot. I think Jordan Love and the Packers put a really strong performance together. I'm a little higher on them than I than I was going into this last week's game. Um, but look, I think the 49ers are a if they're anything on defense, they would be a pass funnel defense. That's been one of their weaknesses all year long. Yes, Jordan Love put together a great performance. I still just think that, I don't know, maybe it's my inexperience in watching great quarterbacks and not seeing enough football to tell the difference. But, Pucha, you would understand this coming from a baseball background. He just (laughs) looks like the guy who throws rainbows all day long. And I don't understand what fell apart with the Cowboys, uh, this this defense, you know, um, being home to Deron Bland, having an incredible year with so many interceptions, so many pick sixes, wasn't able to get that done at all. Um, so if that's where the Packers are going to strike, then I give them, um, I give them a, a decent shot. But I think their weakness, the Packers, is their run defense. And that's obviously one of the great strengths of the 49ers with Christian McCaffrey. And this is we're still talking about a 49ers team with a big chip on their shoulder um, and a young guy at quarterback who has so many Avengers, as you like to say, Peach, around him. Yeah. So I, I would still take the 49ers in this game. Yeah, look, they, here, I, you know, you're both taking the 49ers. Give me Green Bay. All right, look, I believe in Cinderella stories. Uh I think yeah, called the Miami Dolphins and hey, get out of here. Get out of this here. Is, this is us warning you again. Nonsense. You cannot heed the All warning right. if you would like to, but we've already Green gotten Bay. Ready? I have a headline for you. Love parties all over San Francisco. Like he parties all over him. Uh, 
I think Jordan Love's going to have a field day against the San Francisco defense, and I think Brock Purdy, he's going to get exposed. They're going to go down you just early. Took, you just took the inverse of what we just said, not just because you took Green uh, Bay, Green Bay to win, win the game. game, but what? you took the inverse because you said that both of us said the Niners defense is going to reign supreme in this game. And yeah. you said, no, Jordan Love destroys them. Yeah, I think I think what happens here is Jordan Love is going to Green Bay. San Francisco is going to win the toss and they're going to defer like every team does. Uh, not thinking about the fact that they have to play with the lead. And Green Bay is going to come down that first drive and score a touchdown. And all of a sudden those nerves, ooh, it's going to be creeping up. Brock Purdy's back. You're going to make a terrible throw. It's going to be picked off. And uh-oh, here comes Green Bay. And it's going to be just like Dallas over again. So give me Green Bay. I think that I think it happens. I mean, I'm not surprised. We both took the Rams to win against the 49ers, and they gone. So. Yeah, so now give me Green Bay. I just don't believe in Brock Purdy and his sham of a quarterback experience. Um, the other NFC game is Tampa Bay and Detroit. Uh, two teams who would have thunk mm. at the beginning of the year that either one of these teams are one game away from the NFC title game. I think it's insane. Not um, me. Yeah, I not not me either. Um. I, I'm taking Detroit. I think Detroit wins this one. Um, I think they're the better team here. I love Tampa Tampa and what they've done. I love Baker uh, for what he's been able to put together. But I just think Detroit's the better team, so give me them. What do you guys think? Yeah, I have to take Detroit here just because I, I'm not prepared to see Baker Mayfield in the NFC title game. <laughs> it, it almost feels to me like if there are script writers for the NFL that this was such a perfect game script to – put the Buccaneers in the round one game against the the Eagles. Eagles. And the only thing, the only thing that the Bucs would do all playoffs, but it would make it so worth it is just eliminate the Eagles. <laughs> so and now they go Detroit into this game. Too. Yeah, I'm taking Detroit. Now I will say I'm super impressed with the Bucks defense in this past game. I, I have not heard of many teams that have stopped the tush push. And they uh, did. Yeah, not many have. And yeah. they held them to nine points, which is not all surprising when you consider the fact that they lost to the Cardinals, the Giants, some of these awful teams. But I don't know. We saw a little bit of life in Tampa. Still taking Detroit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think we all think Detroit wins that. All right. Uh, on the AFC side, we have a Houston going to Baltimore. Uh, Robbie, who do you think wins that one? I still like Baltimore in this spot, um, although I am not comfortable if I'm Lamar Jackson and this Ravens team. All right. Peach. Yeah, I, I have to stick with Baltimore here just because they're my overall champion, and I don't want to go back on them and do them dirty like that. But also, I, I've underestimated C.J. Stroud in the past before the season started and even this previous game. So if there's one that I am on edge about, it's underestimating the Texans yet again, but yeah. still sticking with Baltimore. Yeah, I'm taking Baltimore, too. I think they're too dominant. So give me them. Uh, and last up, Kansas City, Buffalo. Uh, give me Kansas City. Yeah, I'm taking Buffalo in this spot. I still have a lot of confidence in what josh allen's able to do their weapons they have available on offense the defense that continues to make things happen and this is a depleted kansas city offense although i do think their defense will make it very interesting okay picho yeah man i i do not know 
with this one. I, I'm so torn. on. I, I think I go Buffalo just because this is the first time in his illustrious NFL career Patrick Mahomes is going to play a playoff game on the road. That's fair. Bills but... Mafia is always different, and I think Bills Mafia in the playoffs is also different from regular Bills Mafia. I don't think Patrick is ready to take several snowballs to the helmet on the side. <laughs> yeah, all right. Let me let me really quick talk about that nonsense too. Oh, like, gosh. what in the world are the is the NFL doing? Letting fans throw snowballs at the players? Like, get out of here! How are you going to stop them though? You throw a fifteen yard penalty for unnecessary unsportsmanlike conduct or whatever. Okay, so now you got fans throwing snowballs at refs. Yeah, and that's another fifteen. Uh, and you the can't Chiefs play the start game. every drive on the play one. The- I'm just can't saying play the game like they, that. I hey, watched maybe, the game in maybe, Miami where they had. They were... I watched a game in Miami where they threw like dozens of snowballs at receivers all game, and I was about to lose my mind. <laughs> maybe if they paid the community more than twenty dollars an hour to come out there in freezing cold weather to shovel the field, yeah, there wouldn't be so too. much snow left over. What is this, that's McDonald's? True. <laughs> 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 all right. Well. Unless there's anything you guys want to talk about, I think that brings us to the end of the episode. Real quick, yeah. I got to do a little bit of baseball here. Okay. <laughs> Look, I, and the only reason that I'm bringing this up is because it's been an absolutely horrendous week for Red Sox fans everywhere. I <laughs> wanted to talk about this on Diamonds and Hashmarks earlier, but I didn't get the chance because I'm having camera issues apparently. So essentially what has happened is as soon as the offseason started, Craig Breslow was uh, named the general manager of the Boston Red Sox. New guy, I'm all for it. Let's go. It's not Kyle Bloom anymore. We got a guy that's actually willing to act like Boston is a big market team. He is quoted as saying, or someone in the exec office is quoted as saying, yeah, we're going full throttle. Nick, Robbie, don't know how much you guys have paid attention. The Boston Red Sox have not landed a single major free agent the entire (laughs) offseason. Our biggest accomplishment is bringing home Lucas Giolito, who has had two successive down years. You don't even know who that is, Nick, do you? Nope, I could not He's just some Italian, right? Yeah, I mean, he sounds Italian. I don't even know. No, he definitely is. There's no way he isn't. So Giolito is, is what we're hanging our hat on. We've missed out. I, I don't think we ever really had an opportunity to sign Otani. But, and you got rid uh, of Chris Sale. Yeah, traded Chris Sale, which only made sense if we were going to go out and get another big arm for the top of the rotation. Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery are both still available on the market, but we're not offering contracts to those guys. Instead, they're looking at the Yankees and the Rangers. We're wasting... Rafael Devers prime the front office I think at this point really thought they could afford to let him walk but then realized what would have happened to them if they experienced another Mookie Betts like scenario where the star leaves and suddenly fans stop showing up so I think that's a win for the fans they felt pressured into signing Devers long term but we're wasting his prime by not adding anything to the team right now acting like a small market team And suddenly we have to be okay with the fact that we are a small market team, apparently, because we're not willing to spend the money to go out and get somebody to help the rotation. Jorge Soler and Reese Hoskins, great right-handed hitters, would love to have them in Boston, especially with a pull-side green monster right there. 
we're interested in Solaire. We're interested in Hoskins. I've seen this headline a million times already this offseason. Red Sox interested in, ultimately, we get outbid by somebody like the Kansas City Royals. That's already happened this offseason. Uh, John Henry has a <laughs> scheduling issue and is not showing up to uh, the winter weekend fest, whatever it is the Red Sox have always done. They have always done it. There is a scheduling issue lining up the exact year that the Red Sox are done trying to fool fans into thinking they're a big market team when they actually like are but want to act like a small market team to line the pockets of John Henry because he is the owner of Fenway Sports Group that owns Liverpool Football Club and they're trying to sign Killian Mbappe and you can't do that if he's losing money to Jordan Montgomery and Blake Snell allegedly. So I'm over it. I'm done. Sell the team. <laughs> Let's get somebody new in there who actually cares about the jewel that is a part of the portfolio of John Henry, which is the Boston Red Sox. I'm not going to lie. I'm just like, what did we just talk about? I don't know, but I'm just going to say <laughs> that I think an easy fix to all your issues, Pichu. I don't want to hear it, Nick. Is a salary cap. <laughs> no, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Let every team spend the same amount of money and I don't know, maybe everyone will be a little bit more competitive. We'll see. I don't know. But no, this isn't this isn't the Pittsburgh Pirates <laughs> saying, "No, we can't spend hundreds of millions of dollars like the Dodgers." Okay, I get that. I this is a big market team refusing to sign. That's refusing right. to deal out money. They have essentially this weekend signaled, "No, you need to look 3-4 years out into the future." When you have guys like Roman Anthony uh, Teal, the catcher, and uh, Marcelo Mayer, all in minor league baseball right now. That is going to be the trio group that takes us to the World Series again, apparently. But that's four years away. <laughs> I'm over it. That's fair. Well, you know, <laughs> at least there's one team in Boston that you can root for in the Bruins. But unfortunately, their kryptonite, the Florida Panthers, are right on their tail in the standings. So I'm just going to throw that out there. We're going to talk some hockey soon, and I'm excited about it. Go Celtics. Go what? Celtics, they suck. All right. Uh, yeah, their kryptonite, the Heat, is also still making the playoffs. So good luck. All right. With that, we're going to call it to the end of the podcast. <laughs> That's fair. <Say> bye. Yeah. <laughs> My bye. glasses are fogging up. See you guys. <laughs> See you. <ya. laughs>